0: I think we've in this society we've almost because we've glorified so many forms of violence and death and I'm only maybe this isn't for the case of everyone mm-hmm. but I don't think we always think about like somebody literally had to die for everything you just said. Yeah. That's the only way that this was that this was going to work. Yeah. Someone literally had to die for it. That's how bad it was. So bad that God turned his back to Jesus when yeah. he was on the cross. That's how that's how ugly and grotesque and how opposed to sin God really is. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rooted in Christ podcast My name is Eric Stevens, I'm a founder of Redwood Christian Ministries Hope everyone out there is doing well today With me today is one of my sisters in Christ, Glory Mar Falcon Fontanez Sister, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing awesome, you got it right?
0: I got it right on the first you try got it.
1: Glory Mar Falcon Fontanez
0: It's only the first try because like they didn't see all the edits and right. takes And how long it took us to get this room set up You should so. get a
1: vote on whether they want the bloopers added I think it would be great
0: I'm not voting. I'm not asking for their votes because they're all going to say yes. And then I'm going to tell them no. People just like a laugh at me. I can't I can't do that. It's it's funny. It's not. funny. It's not funny. This should have taken 12 minutes to set up. It took me an hour.
1: It was a beautiful journey to watch. It's not about the destination.
0: It really is, though, because like we have to get this episode recorded and edited. The destination really does matter.
1: That 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 is true. That is true. We're here.
0: We are here. Thank you for doing the show. Thank you for actually rescheduling this because I'm pretty sure I canceled the first time.
1: So it was both of us. So was it? You canceled once, then I canceled the, uh, the second time. And now finally we are here.
0: We're here. Yes, we're here. We're here. And we are live at New Life Church on location with this with these plants. I love the scenery. I love They're the not sc- the same green. They're not. They're not. That's, we can blame Jose. For yes. That. We're going to blame yes. him for his not-so-green plant that we stole out of his office.
1: That would be this
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> I know I got you for a short period of time today, so I'm not going to keep cracking these jokes. I can sit here and talk to you all night. So sure. I just want you to dive into your testimony. Tell the audience a little bit more about yourself. So where did you grow up and where are you from?
1: So I was born in Puerto Rico. Um, we moved, me and my family moved here when I was five years old. I was raised in Cleveland my entire life, um, raised in a Christian home. Ever since I can remember, my, my parents have always been following the Lord. I grew up, uh, from the time that I remember in Puerto Rico, I remember just constantly being brought to church with my mom. My dad at the time was like having a bit of a fallout with the Lord, so he wasn't really active during that period of time but I remember my mom being the main one. That she she showed me what a true prayer warrior looks like, what a true woman devoted to the Lord looks like, even when the circumstances are not the fittest. But we ended up moving to Cleveland, and thankfully we had some friends that took us into their home. Um, my dad had lost his job in Puerto Rico, so that was the reason as to why we ended up having to move here. And I would say like, three or four years into us being in Cleveland, Ohio, that's when my dad was called into being a pastor. So I grew up a pastor's kid, and there was a lot of ups and downs that came with that. Um, There was a lot expected from me as a child. Uh, I was only eight years old when my dad became a pastor, so there was just a lot of expectations being put on me no room for mistakes. If there was any mistake being done, the family would definitely pay for it. The family name would get tainted. So just a lot of pressure at a very young age to kind of live up to a certain standard. But I would not, I wouldn't say that um, I was like fully saved as a kid. My moment of actual salvation came when I was 15 years old, which I'm like fast forwarding, so if we need to go back, please. This
0: is your episode. We can do <laughs> this is your show. I'm just here.
1: Yeah. I've been I've been told I tend to omit a lot of important details. So feel free to ask questions.
0: <laughs> I'll investigate later. Go ahead.
1: Bet sounds good. So yeah, fast forward to when I was like fifteen years old. My dad was no longer um a pastor of his church. That was my just come to Jesus moment. That was the first time that I actually fell in love with the Lord. And the way that it happened was I was in a very dark place. Um, I never really had much trust in the Lord growing up because of the fact that I saw so many things behind the scenes, so many people just falling short. I couldn't really trust in anybody. I couldn't talk to my parents because my parents were too busy with what was going on with the church and all of this other stuff. So I had to learn how to deal with things myself, which ended up me bottling up a lot of things, which ended up being very bad for my mental health. So at the age of 15 or 14 around there is when I was struggling a lot with like depression depression suicidal tendencies, um, self-harm, all of the darkness that comes with that. And I remember there was a specific moment um, in which I was in my room and I was just feeling this dark oppression within my room. I started like hearing just a bunch of voices is what I call it now. At the time it, it was just like my thoughts running rampant of you're not worth anything. Um, nobody loves you. There, there's no point to any of this. So it was very much of a moment in which I was terrified. I was overwhelmed with everything that I was feeling. And the last thing that I knew that I could possibly do was call out to God mm. to at least try God, because I've seen my parents do it so many times and I've, and I've heard so much about him and I've been taught in his ways. Let me give it a shot. Cause I know that he's real. Like I never doubted it, but I always, i always doubted if i was either good enough or loved by him so in that moment is when i very much called out to him and i said if you actually really do love me i'm gonna need you to prove it to me and like in that moment i obviously didn't (laughs) didn't understand the gift of like the sacrifice of jesus christ like i was didn't have much knowledge on that um but in that moment i was very much like lord i need you to prove it to me I i need you to speak to me somehow i like, I've seen, I've seen the way that you speak to others. Why not me? So literally one week after that prayer, um, I went to a, like, a church campaign situation that was going on. And it was a three-day-long campaign. And within those three days, there was three different preachers. And those three different preachers did not know me. And they all called me out from the crowd. Wow. And literally repeated my prayer back to me. And then it gave me an answer of, here's the proof. I already gave you the proof in the cross, but because you want more proof, here it it is. So that was definitely the moment in which I was all in. I was like, let's go at it. I was 100 for the Lord. Um, And that year I was definitely just very focused on him. But then after a while of walking with the Lord, and actually really devoting my time to him, I started to focus on the wrong things. Um, I very quickly started to focus on people again, focus on the things that were surrounding me, um, putting my hope in other people, putting my hope in uh, positions or ministries, what what could possibly be gained from things. And all of that definitely ended up leading me very astray. There was also just a lot of things that I started to realize that didn't line up with the things that I was reading in the Bible.
2: Mm.
1: So the church that I grew up with was a very legalistic, um, conservative church. And a lot of the things that they, not that they practice, but a lot of the things that they enforce are not really biblical. It's more of like man-made doctrines to Sort of help out some biblical doctrines. Um, a good example is like in my church, a man was not allowed to go up on stage to preach if he had a beard, because I don't I don't know why. Hmm. Um, but that was one of like the rules. It was considered ungodly for them to go up there preaching with a beard. And I literally was searching everywhere within the Bible of like where does it say this. Like
0: when you find that, let me know.
1: Yeah, literally. So. All of this just ended up very much kind of turning me off when it comes to um, the religious dogmas that were taking place, just legalism in general. And I I was very much having a faith crisis and an identity crisis at that moment because I was like, I know I had an encounter with the Lord at 15, but then here I am like maybe three years later. Questioning a lot of things because it does not line up with scripture that I was told is the reference point. And the people that I look up to are just putting this new type of yoke on me mm. that is actually just not freeing at all. It, it doesn't line up with what the Lord says. It doesn't line up with what scripture says. So all of that just ended up making me stray away and at the age of I would say around 19 is when I had my fallout with the Lord. Um, And I I always call it like my breakup moment with the Lord because I literally had a conversation with God and I said, according to what everyone else in the church is saying and according to um, their standards, I am not good enough for you. So because I am not good enough for you, I quit. That I I I can't measure up to any of this. I know that you're real. I, I acknowledge that you exist. I, I acknowledge all of these things, but I don't think I can do this. So I'm leaving. And, like, I always find it funny that I actually said that to God. Like, most people just kind of yeah. stop praying, but I actually had a conversation with God before I fell out. And, yeah, that that started a whole process of, like, two years worth of me being away from the Lord, and I always see that those were the two worst years of my life. The most empty, void years of my life because I already knew what it felt like to be alive. So now I was over here in the land of the dead, basically just surrounded by a bunch of emptiness, trying to find satisfaction in things that clearly do not fulfill. But because I had never experienced um, a life away from like the church or anything, and I wanted to experience that at the age of 18, I very much was just searching, searching for some truth, searching for, for identity, searching for something to believe in, something to have faith in. And I very much did not find it. And there was this, there was multiple moments during those two years in which I would like find myself driving and i would l- literally just start crying uncontrollably and it was it was a cry that came from my soul because of the emptiness that i was feeling and in those moments i would start talking to god again and i would say i know that i left but i have no idea how to come back like i don't i don't under- i don't know how you could possibly accept me back after i did all of these things after You've clearly shown me that you love me. And, and now I'm walking away because I'm like, you don't love me. How can I possibly come back from this? Um, so I had m- multiple moments with the Lord during those two years of me just sobbing uncontrollably and asking him, help me find a way back. And it was, I would say, three years ago. Um, I'm 23 now, so three or two, yeah, three years ago is when... I had actually gotten into a relationship in which I'm no longer in. And through that, the Lord actually used that um, in which the person that I was with, he met you at, um, was it the, the YA? The y, the y, yeah,
0: the, it's the, um, the YMCA. Yeah,
1: yeah, the YMCA. And he got a Connect card from you, and then he showed it to me. And it's so funny because I actually had a friend who had – invited me to new life before but because i was so sick and tired of mm. church wow. and of like i've never been fond of like the t- whole church hopping and like trying to find something that fits just because i I was i was tired i was i was tired of of religion i was tired of the church um and i was tired of just fake people i was tired of modern day pharisees and i was just over it so i didn't i didn't really give it a shot when my friend had invited me but when um the person that I was with showed me the connect card. Something within me was like, you know what, like, let's go try it. Maybe it'll be something that actually ends up panning out for the good. So we came and immediately, immediately I fell in love with the atmosphere. Like you could tell that the Lord's presence is here. And the what was being preached was actually sound doctrine. Nothing was raising any red flags. The worship was beautiful and amazing, and I was just like, this, this is definitely a place in which I can call home. But when I came, I very much um, had this like conversation with the Lord of, I'm not doing ministry again. I'm never playing piano again, because I used to play. Um, <laughs> I'm never singing again. I'm never teaching again. I'm not talking to anyone. I'm just, I'm just here to basically check the box and try to find that satisfaction again, but I want absolutely nothing to do with your people because your people have failed me. Mm. So yeah, when I came, I was very guarded and like a lot of people that are now very close friends of mine can say that I was definitely very guarded and did not trust anyone, did not let anyone in, but the Lord definitely started breaking that down. And there was a lot of different processes that I had to go through that ended up breaking down my, the identity that I had found in relationships, in ministries, in, in leadership, in friendships. Like the Lord just started breaking all of that down when I came to New Life. And now we are still definitely in, in the process. We're a work in, prog- in, in progress and yeah.
0: It's, it's easy to say, oh, we have faith. Yeah. And I say, how do you know you have faith unless it's tested? Yeah. Because people always want to avoid the trial, mm-hmm. right? Like, so how do you know how strong you are unless you're matched up against something that is really testing your strength? Yeah. You can take it to a sports analogy. How do you know you're good at XYZ sport unless you're, unless you're being challenged by someone else who's also good at it?
2: Yeah.
0: You know, so it's easy to say, I love people mm-hmm. until that has to be actually lived out and then put to the test and put in action.
2: Yeah.
0: Because the example that we have of love is the cross. hmm that's, that's like, you always can go back to that. Anytime you get lost in anything, it's, it's people say it, like it's this cliche thing, but what would Jesus do? Well, what did he do?
2: Yeah.
0: What, what did he actually do? Well, he died. Yep. How did he die? The most gruesome way possible. So he took that love and he put it in action. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's easy for us to talk it but we have to walk it out and live it out every day, mm-hmm. you know? And I will just, I will tell you that watching you grow has been a blessing to me because I remember your first connect group because you were in my group. I
1: was.
0: Some of these things I keep track of. Oh my goodness. The, There's certain people <laughs> I keep tabs on. I remember. Um, but so watching you then to watch, to even hearing you talk now has been a blessing mm-hmm. to me. So I thank you for me doing the show today. So I appreciate it. I
1: appreciate Brother, it. thank you for letting me share what the Lord has done. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the biggest blessing is to be able to actually be, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm fully on the other side of like the trials and everything because like, I'm not drowning or anything, but I'm deaf. The Lord is definitely still cutting a lot of things within me. He's definitely refining still.
0: Who better to talk to somebody about legalism, Mm -hmm. about boundaries, Mm -hmm. about your identity being rooted in Christ. Yeah than someone who had the testimony that you have. Mm-hmm. Because you're gonna have an understanding that someone else may not have. It's re- it really is that simple of a thing. You, if you've gone through it, you're gonna know what it looks like when it walks to the door. Yeah, You're gonna know what that person looks like when they come in to New Life Church, but not just New Life Church. You're gonna know what happens when they walk in the grocery store and you walk past mm-hmm. them. You're gonna be able to see, like I know exactly what that person is struggling with. Yeah. There are certain times that I'll hear people, like they'll post certain songs that they're listening to on Instagram. And, like. I will call them like I cuz I know exactly what they're going through mm. because they it's almost that's their cry for help. Yes. And I'm just using that as a simple example of I know what I was going through when I would listen to that song. I know what I was going through when I would go to that place. And it has yet to fail when you get that check from the spirit to be obedient just to make that call or that text, it's usually spot on. Yeah. So don't downplay your discernment either. That's the one thing I've been pondering about whether I was going to tell you on this show or not, but never downplay your discernment either. So cuz you have it. So
1: I appreciate that, brother. yeah And like something that you you always say is and I really love it when you say this is the whole my testimony is not for myself. It's for somebody else. And that actually it's funny because um I think it was yesterday. Yesterday was Wednesday, right? Yes. Yes, <laughs> yesterday was Wednesday. <laughs> we're both we're both not okay right oh, now.
0: Boy. Oh <laughs> man. How much um, longer are we gonna go today? <laughs>
1: So yesterday we were, my connect group and I, we were going through um, the book of Galatians. And I just found it very cool that Paul, he uses his testimony in basically all of his epistles. Paul is amazing. Paul's dope. Yeah, he is. He's a cool guy.
0: <laughs> I want to talk to him. I uh, So do I, I. I want to talk to him.
1: I really do. But um, yeah, just like the fact that he used his testimony and like, the fact that he literally would have been considered an enemy of God because he was out here martyring people, like people who were just spreading the gospel. And then the Lord literally makes a 180. Yeah. No, yeah, 180, right?
0: Not 360, because 360 would yeah, be the same
1: thing. 180.
0: <laughs> Damascus road encounter.
1: Yes. <laughs> he makes it a 180 and, and uses it to glorify the Lord. And like what ends up happening is people are not talking about Paul, but they're talking about how God made somebody who was just murder, trying to murder the faith, and made him into somebody that was preaching the gospel. So, like, there's so much power in the testimonies.
0: We have to be real careful. And the Great Commission piece is about to come out of me again. I can't mm-hmm. help it because I, I see the Great Commission in every chapter and almost every page of the Bible. I'm that person. We've got to be real careful how we treat people. Yes, especially. When they don't know the Lord. Yeah. Now, granted, we need to be careful we treat people in general, but we never know who God's going to use. Because it's funny, there's some overlap in your testimony and my testimony. Everything that I told God I would never do, I'm doing all of it right now, mm-hmm. including this podcast, sitting here talking to you.
2: Yeah.
0: Including running a nonprofit. that said I don't want to be busier than what I am already. Mm-hmm. The going back to church, all of it. I walked away at about age 18, except I stayed away for. I'm going to say eight years and I willingly walked away Mm -hmm. and same thing. Those were probably, if I look back the testimonies for someone else, but those are my most painful years. They were some of my most painful. They might actually, if I really thought about it, probably were my most painful Mm -hmm. years because you know, God's hand protected you, but I chose to walk. I came in a legal agreement with enemy Mm -hmm. for all of those sins it's like, all right, here I am, I'm gonna step across this line, let's go. Yeah. And you it's crazy now that you're aware of it, especially when you become spiritually alive, like you said, you can feel spiritual death. Yes. You can if you are that person who when you become spiritually alive, you can start to feel spiritual death, especially when you go back to mm-hmm. it. It's like you can you can almost feel it's like I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like you can tell like there is no life here. Jesus is not in this.
2: Yeah.
0: So it's it's a it's a scary place to be, and I'm, I'm grateful that he saw the grace to pull to pull us both back out of that. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's crazy the way that the Lord just, he literally uses everything that the enemy meant for evil. Right. And just uses it for good. Because I'm not saying, I'm not going to be saying that I am grateful for the fact that I had those two years, not because of the fact that I walked away but because it showed me so much about how much I really truly need the Lord and just his presence alone. The fact that nothing else on this earth will ever satisfy and he is the only thing that can ever actually fulfill. Like I didn't, I didn't know the depths of that until I tasted the emptiness of an ungodly living. And I'm not out here recommending people to like literally go right. on a no. faith crisis and try to try the things of the world, but it's I'm grateful that I I experienced that because now I can actually like relate to other people as well, like exactly how you were saying.
0: I will tell you, I forgot who I was talking to earlier this week, but somebody reached out to me just to see how I was doing, and I don't know how we got on this topic, but I told him I have no desire to go back to the way I used to mm-hmm. live. Like I have no desire, like. I would literally have to intentionally recreate it all. Mm-hmm. Because I've changed social media pages. Mm-hmm. I've gotten new phone numbers. I've created a whole new life. I've physically moved from where I used to to live because I know how empty it is. Yes. I know the void that's there. I know the life that isn't there, right? So it's like I I have no desire to go back to that that level of death. Like this world has nothing to offer me. It's like yeah. I've seen it and it's just getting remixed every time. It's like the boundaries of what is acceptable is just doing this it's just expanding and but it's it's the same game it's the same thing it's just we're just going to flip this now and it just gets worse and worse and worse you're getting deeper and deeper and deeper and I'm like mm-hmm. I have no desire to go back mm-hmm. to, to live in in that way there was no there was no fruit in it yeah you think there's fruit in it because it can be fun
2: mm-hmm.
0: right it's fun until you have to pay the price yep and that price is going to come. And I don't know who used to say this, but sin going to keep you longer than you want to be there and it's going to cost you more than you're willing to pay. That's real. Yeah. That's real. Because it almost cost me my life. Mm. And it, it literally, it has cost me so much. It's like, I don't want to go back to that. I'll deal with my rough, my worst days with Jesus than my best days without him. Because there's no best day without him, in my opinion.
1: Mm. I
0: don't want to go back. <laughs> what, what am I going to go back to? Literally. And literally. I'd be going back to death. Yeah, I'd literally be the dog returning to my own vomit right why would I want that so then you have to ask the question if you start feeling that Mm. right what have I been ingesting
1: that's when like boundaries come into play but you have to like be very careful of like not falling into the whole legalism yeah like I feel like that was something that definitely happened a lot um, with the church that I was in growing up like I fell into that of getting so caught up in trying to just work for the salvation that was already so freely given to me because that's what everybody else was doing. But that I, but I didn't understand the fact that there is a huge difference between boundaries and you trying to literally save yourself. So, like, the boundaries um, are there to help you and, like, everyone sets them according to, like, what they need per se. Like an alcoholic obviously is not going to be hanging around a bar because they 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 are going to fail. Like the temptation is right in front of you. Or somebody that struggles with, I don't know, a porn addiction or something
2: mm-hmm.
1: just being in a room by themselves with a phone that is not right. Guarded or anything, like they're going to they're going to fall. So it's it's Finding that balance between actually putting up boundaries that will not fall into legalism, because when you fall into legalism, it's very much of you're trying to make yourself just before the Lord, when in reality, you are already have already been made just before the Lord because of what Jesus did for us. But the boundaries, it's there as a result of your relationship with the Lord. It, it's something that happens because you want to make sure that that relationship, that that intimacy with the Lord gets deeper because you love God, it's not because you want to earn his love any, like any more than what he already loves you because it's not po- possible to be loved by God more than the way that he already loves us. Does that make sense?
0: No, it does because um, one of my favorite books and you've probably heard me say this before is Ask It by Andy Stanley. Mm-hmm. And he talks about it in that book, based off my um, past experiences, my current circumstances and my future hopes and dreams what is the wise thing for me to do mm. because wisdom outranks legal and illegal yes. first of all if you're using wisdom you're not doing anything illegal to begin with yep. but it also outranks right and wrong yeah. and that book really helped me understand that I have certain convictions that are literally personal to me yes. to protect me on yes. my walk and my journey and it's not for me to dump that on someone else yep. for example I, I don't drink I don't judge people who do I don't drink because I have an addictive personality. Mm -hmm. So where that was a real vice for me. So to your point, I don't even go anywhere near Mm -hmm. the bar. I'm a huge um, MMA and UFC fan. So instead of going out on a Saturday night and watching them in a public place, which cause usually only bars typically have them, I watch them in my house. I'm faster to invite people to my house because now I I I don't have to worry about what's going on in the environment. That's my conviction. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's where I sit. There's certain things that I don't watch and certain places I don't go because that's because of my story and and my past. So I think that when we get to the point, like you said, when it's outside of scripture, Mm -hmm. we got to be real careful. Like you can't preach because you have a beard. That's insane. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was a little over the top, just a little bit. And I was over here like Aaron had a beard. (laughs) And he literally was out here just saying the message for Moses because Moses was just over here like, I can't talk.
0: (laughs) I'm pretty sure Moses had a beard, too.
1: Probably. I don't think they had razors back then. I'm pretty sure.
0: How could Abraham not have one?
1: Literally. Wasn't he
0: like 10,000 years old? There's going to be some Bible scholar on YouTube right now who's about to be in the comments about that Abraham thing. Watch. Just watch. I delete them. You might oh, not see
2: it. <laughs> that's a good
0: idea. <laughs> but we have, to be, we have to be really careful by, I hold myself to the standard of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And then I hold myself to that standard of, of wisdom of what is the wise thing for me to do. Yeah. Because based off where I used to be, like we just talked about, let's not go back there. Mm-hmm. How do we avoid going back there? Okay, well, there's a UFC fight coming up. I don't think it's a good idea for me to be walking out of a bar at 2 o'clock in the morning knowing I might be preaching on a Sunday. Yeah. You have no idea I was just in there watching a UFC fight. You have no idea what I'm doing in there. Mm-hmm. So let's abstain from all appearances of evil,
1: mm-hmm. and I'll
0: just invite some people over and watch it at my house. Mm-hmm. Wisdom for me. I'd rather not be in that environment.
1: Yeah. And accountability is is so it's so important. I never knew the power of it until I started like being very intentional about wanting to to stop living in a way that I knew was not pleasing to the Lord. So that whole thing of just kind of exposing yourself to somebody else to a point that it becomes embarrassing because of the things that you are struggling with, that makes the enemy lose so much power because as long as something is kept hidden, Mm -hmm. it is going to just completely destroy you. That's real. Like... He, th- the enemy thrives in darkness. So as soon as you bring whatever it is, no matter how shameful it may be, as soon as you bring that to the light, and the more like accountability that you have with it, the like the power that whatever stronghold that is that has over you, is completely diminished. It's completely gone. It's it either slowly loses its power because it there is a process that has to come from this, or like it's just completely stripped away. But that whole thing, I've, I've learned the power of exposing the lies of the enemy and exposing what could be considered shameful because that's another lie that the enemy uses to keep us in this trap of, like, just hiding things. Like, so for somebody that might have um, any any type of addiction, like an alcoholic might not want to reveal to somebody that that they're struggling with this. And most of the time people don't don't reveal it to anybody because there's this like facade that they have to keep up right. but little do they know that in reality you're giving the enemy just so much power over you and I learned I definitely learned that this these past two years of I, I do not care how embarrassing what I'm going through or what I'm struggling with maybe I'm, I'm gonna reveal it to a, a good amount of people a good amount of people who are sound right. In doctrine and sound with the lord and and have a relationship with the lord that will keep me accountable that will that I can call whenever I'm struggling that they will they will come up to me and they'll be like so how are you doing with this no matter how much of an uncomfortable conversation that might be
0: no it's real i've i've got people i've said when you see this look on my face mm-hmm. i am not okay i'm in trouble
1: mm-hmm.
0: and because that look does not look like a look of trouble yeah it's because i'm trying to keep The calm I'm like, I'm struggling when you see this face, and I've had to tell them exactly what it looks like, so they know. Let's get, let's stop this before the drowning starts. Yeah. You know, let's just stop it when it's waist deep, because as soon as it gets over my head, I'm in trouble now. You know, so I think no, there's there's wisdom in that, and we always want to. The Bible's clear about confessing our sins to one another, to people of wisdom who are going, like you said, who are going to really help you who can discernfully help you through the situation, who also they're not going to be looking at you sideways yep. and you're not going to go on the internet and now it's their Facebook status of what your, your problem is or your struggle is or, they're not, or they can still help you through the problem.
2: Yeah.
0: Because it's one thing to call somebody out on their sin and rebuke them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Can I help you too? Because this isn't enough. If I have the strength to rebuke you, I better be able to help you get through this problem too. <laughs> yeah. Or I better have a team of people. Somebody's got to be here to help you get through this problem because just telling you that's wrong is not enough. Yep. Your struggle is your struggle, and we all have them. We all have them. You know, it's just—it's just—are we willing to share that part of ourselves with other people? So.
1: It literally makes me think of like what—what what exactly was the whole point of the church? Is the body of Christ? We literally depend. On, on Christ, but like on each other, like we lean on each other, we lift each other up and the foot cannot function without the leg. Right. So it's like, even even with these things that we find ourselves struggling with, like being able to just grab onto your brother or your sister in Christ and, and being like, I need you to help me with this and them just actually helping you instead of pointing the finger at you because that's also a huge issue, like right. you said. And I think that like, that's the main reason as to why people are so afraid of just exposing the enemy for what he is doing in their lives because of the fact that they're, they're just going to be seen as sinners or, or people are going to be like, oh, well, you're not, you're not holy enough to, to be doing this or like you better check yourself with the Lord or all of this. When in reality, if the person is exposing this to you, it is because they desire yeah. to be helped. Like it is not fun to just be exposing no. something that is so shameful. So... I think that's definitely something that we all need to have an introspective look on of like, if my brother or sister is coming to me with a struggle, am I pointing the finger at them or am I finding a way to be able to help them out? So,
0: Part of the reason as a pastor, I'm so, and this was me in general, was so open about my testimony was so people would feel comfortable talking to me yeah. and not put me on some platform and some pedestal. Mm-hmm. I need you to know that I had struggles too, because they'll see me on a Sunday morning they'll see the things I have my hands in and it'll just be go, go, go sometimes. Yeah. And I need to understand I'm human just like you. I bleed just like you. I mm-hmm. cry, just like you. You just may not see me doing those things. And you may not always see me broken before the Lord because of sometimes the role that I play here on a Sunday, mm-hmm. but it happens. Yeah. And one, it's important for me to let people see that side of me, but it's, it, Sharing my testimony. My testimony is clearly public now. It's all over YouTube, so and Spotify and Apple. Please subscribe to this podcast. Please do. <laughs> please do. Um, it is. It is a public thing because I don't. I don't want people to be like, I can't go talk to him. Yeah. No. If I want you to know that you can come to me if you need me, I am available for that. So, I can sit here and talk to you all night. But I really want you because there's been a theme. Of, of your testimony, going through Romans 5, 1 through 5. And I know you want to talk about that. So I'm going to let you, before we get out of here, read that, and then we can talk about it.
1: All right. Just read the whole thing through?
0: Whatever you want to do. This is your episode. I've talked enough. This is not
1: my episode. Okay.
0: <laughs> no, it is. You're the guest. It's oh definitely goodness. your episode.
1: Right?
0: <laughs> if it's not your episode, I don't know what we're doing here anymore. <laughs> <That's>
1: funny? <laughs> All right. So Romans 5. Can they hear that?
0: Yes, they can definitely hear. <laughs> this happened during Jose's episode, the Lakewood train. The train, I swear, is only going by when I have to record my podcast. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm working on getting my studio finished in my basement. We, this was, we'll see how long that takes. <laughs> I'm not going to say that.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, Romans 5. It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Tell me what, like, why, why does, why do you feel that speaks to you so much?
1: So it was always like really difficult for me to understand these verses um, when I first was reading them, like a while back. But I think just focusing on the justified, the justified part is the part that I was always confused about because I was just like, what does it mean to be justified? And To be justified means to, it's kind of like a legal standing with the Lord. So it's your legal right standing with the Lord. And then by faith is, obviously we know that faith is like something that you cannot see, but it's like fully trusting in something that you cannot see, something that you cannot witness. So the fact that justification, my right standing with the Lord simply comes from me acknowledging the fact that Jesus Christ died on a cross for my sins seems like too simple of a concept for me growing up because I was just like always taught you have to work, you have to work, you have to like prove that you are saved Mm -hmm. rather rather than the concept being justification comes first, then from that comes sanctification and then through the sanctification comes the fruit. And like sanctification is like a natural process that happens from somebody who has actually encountered Jesus Christ, somebody who has, has actually had an experience with the Lord, you can't help but change. and it's something that you said earlier mm-hmm. like when you read Scripture, when you fall in love with Christ, when you actually dig deep, something within you has to shift and that's when like the sanctification process will come about and then the works will just follow easily. It's like the way that I always like to put it and I'm not sure if like it'll make sense. you can tell me if it makes sense or <laughs> not. Um, but I always like to say, Justification is the seed that has been planted. Sanctification is the process of the plant growing. And then the works are the fruit that just come as a result of the growth. So it's like a plant doesn't try to grow. It's not sitting there and being like, <laughs> photosynthesis, I don't know, let yeah. me grow. Like it naturally happens. So I I always like, like to look at it that way yeah. because it, it makes it... Easier for me to break down and to be able to understand it. Does that make sense?
0: Is it a botanist who deals with plants? I don't know. That's not who I am. But it <laughs> sounded really cool, so I'm going to ride with that. Um, the war is over. Yep. Right. The war with God is over because He reconciled us to Himself
2: mm-hmm.
0: through Jesus. So it's not a feeling of peace yep. that we have. It's a fact of peace. Yep. And I had I had nothing to do with that. Right. So it's almost like the criminal's been put on trial. Mm. The criminal's been found not guilty. And him and the judge are now roommates. <laughs> it's like that's the way I, in my head when I first that's the way I saw it in my head. And yeah. I'm like, I was born opposed to God. My sin has caused this separation. God sent his son to die to bridge that gap mm-hmm. through faith in Jesus Christ. I can now be eternally with the Father.
2: Yeah.
0: Not because of anything I did. Not because of anything I earned. Not because of anything I was even thinking about. If you've heard any part of our testimony, I actually tried to run from this. Yep. It's because of the cross. Yeah. And to your point, this hits uh, a few things. Like we have peace with God.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. We have privilege of access to God. We have a preview of our future and there's purpose in our pain and suffering. Yeah. Because those trials that we go through they just to your point of that sanctification process is it is just a pruning certain things it's like god just allows certain things in our lives like i'm going to teach you something through this it's not because he wants to hurt us
2: yeah
0: it's not because he wants bad things for us he wants the best for us Mm -hmm. so those are always the four things that kind of like stick out when i when i hear that it's just peace with god privilege to the to access god 24 7 yeah in my, in back to Andy, in my current circumstance, in my current situation, I don't have to do this without God. Because of Jesus, I mean, I have access to the Father 24-7. Yeah. Through what he did on the cross, I have access 24-7.
1: Yep.
0: The, the, the preview of our of our future is while we have an eternal destination with mm-hmm. him. So what I do here does matter. Mm-hmm. How I carry myself on this earth does matter. Mm-hmm. How I live this out matters
2: mm-hmm. for eternity. Yeah.
0: And all of our pain has purpose. He works all things together for the good of those who love him. So those painful parts of our testimony can be used to set somebody else free. You know, you're right. I sit on this podcast almost every episode. And when I record them back to back, sometimes I try to not say it, but it keeps coming out. Our testimony is for someone else. Oh, yeah. That struggle is for someone else. We went through that for it was obviously it was for us to learn something. But that testimony, that struggle, that wound, that hurt is for someone else.
1: Yeah. I kind of want to go like back to those four things that Mm -hmm. you said yeah the peace with God that one okay so each each of these four things are so powerful Mm -hmm. and I feel like if glanced over we miss the true power that is within Mm -hmm. that so we were originally like enemies of God obviously because of what happened in the garden like we literally decided not to trust God and because of that we sinned, and then the wages of sin is death. So Mm -hmm. that was our penalty, which obviously Jesus Christ took that on the cross. But because of the fact that now that penalty is paid, that is the reason as to why now we're able to literally be roommates with the Lord. We we have peace with God. So there's, there's so much power in that. But my favorite part is the verse two of Romans five, the whole through him we have also obtained access by faith, into this grace in which we stand. So I'll stop right there because in which we stand, there is a confidence when you are standing. Come on. There is a huge confidence in which you are standing. You are standing before God. The fact that you have any right to even be in the presence of the Lord because of what Jesus did, because of the fact that when God sees you, he doesn't see you, he just sees you covered in blood. That's good. So there is so much power in this. We're we're literally standing in the presence of God, and now we have this new identity of you are now a child of God because you have the blood of God's one and only child poured all over you. And a child, like, they have direct access to their, their parents. Like, I think I always think of um, Jose and Amanda the way that AJ and Abel are are able to just come up to them at any time. They could be preaching. 100%. Abel
0: does not care. Abel
1: does not care. He does not care. Not at all. And they just come up to them and like, there is no shame in that. It's like, come. And there shouldn't be. There shouldn't be. There shouldn't be. And that's literally how the Lord sees us and how we are able to approach him. There is so much freedom in that. There is confidence in that. And when we do not realize that we are, we have the ability and the right to stand within the presence of the Lord, not because of anything that we did, when we acknowledge that, it, it's, it's when we actually truly understand what justification by faith means. It's when we actually understand what that price being paid for our sins actually means.
0: I almost think too, we become desensitized to death. Mm. Somebody had to die for everything you just said. Yep. And they didn't just die, and I touched on this earlier. They had to be crucified and it was gruesome.
2: Yeah.
0: That's the there's the crucifixion piece of this, but there's the lashings. There is the 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 embarrassment of 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 just I, I want to call it a loincloth of what he had on.
2: Yeah.
0: Right? Then you have the you have the the crown of the thorns. You have the mocking. Mm-hmm. Right, he's carrying the cross and he fell several times. Yes. Right. I think we've in this society, we've almost because we've glorified so many forms of violence and death, and I'm only maybe this isn't for the case of everyone, mm-hmm. but I don't think we always think about like somebody literally had to die for everything you just said. Yeah. That's the only way that this was that this was gonna work. Yeah. Someone literally had to die for it. That's how bad it was. So bad that God turned his back to Jesus. When yep. he was on the cross. That's how, that's how ugly and grotesque and how opposed to sin God really is. And I think that if we don't sit there sometimes and meditate on that, to your point, we can just gloss right over this yeah. and we're just reading another story.
1: Yeah. And it's not just like, it's not just anybody who had to die. Right. Because like that death, that gruesome death was supposed to be for each and every single exactly. one of us. Exactly. Like that, that was, that was the, what we deserved. Right. So the fact that God himself decided to just... It's the king who decided to become a servant, who literally left his throne just because he wanted a relationship Come on. with us. Like, if, if you don't sit in that and actually just see how absolutely powerful and beautiful that is, that... The God of the universe wants a relationship with me. Right. Does that, like, how valuable does that make us? My value is literally the fact that God had to die for. That's where, that's where my identity comes from. Right. You, you literally need to search nowhere else to find what is my purpose, why am I here, am I good enough, You have to search nowhere because literally you are you are good enough because of the blood of Jesus, but without the blood of Jesus, obviously nobody is good, right. not a single person. So there, there's just so much beauty in this.
0: It's why we have to meditate on scripture, right? And let the Holy Spirit reveal those things to us. And it's one of those things that I pray about for this specific episode. I pray that for the last, I don't know, 5, 10, 15 minutes we've been talking, I pray people sit and meditate on what... On this, not our discussion, but what this, what the scripture is saying to them. That's why I got really, I'm really grateful when guests want to come on here and just talk about the word and how we, how we live out the word and how the word is alive every single day, you know, or assuming that we can live out the word every single day. Um, And I think for me, just because of the season that I'm in, like you said, the first two verses hit you, the justification piece hit me that it's not an escape from the Mm -hmm. trial.
2: Mm Mm-hmm
0: because look at how they treated Jesus. What yep. can I expect in 2023? Yeah. Yeah, I'm justified mm-hmm. because of the work on the cross. Which again goes back to we have to get out to share our faith because for the unbeliever that is their destiny. Yeah. Right? There is there they are eternally separated without Jesus. Yeah. They need the Lord and they need to hear that. And if we don't tell them, how will they know? Right? So but going back to me, that's the piece that sticks out to me that that justification does not justify me from the trial. (laughs) It does not justify me from the struggle. And he didn't say it would be easy, but we can, we know that it's going to be worth it. Mm -hmm. Jesus name. So, yeah, but we also know that the other side of that is heaven. We also know the other side of that. We also know that victory comes in the morning. Like we don't have to sit, you know, we have something we can rejoice in.
2: Yeah.
0: We, we can rejoice in that, that, yeah, this is rough, but victory comes in the morning. This is rough, but he's not finished with me yet. Yeah. This is rough, but I'm still in the palm of his hand mm-hmm. because my identity is in him, to your point. And, if, and I tell people all the time, when you're struggling with your identity and you don't know, I think sometimes people look for these like, um, like lightning in the sky to tell them like, oh, this is like, God, I need it. Who am I? Yep. Read what he said already. Yep. He tells you that you're light and salt read what he said about you already. If you wanna know the things of the Lord and know the voice of the Lord, read what God has already said. So you start to recognize his voice, his character, his love, his wrath, you know, all of it.
1: Yeah, I feel like whenever people, like I can take myself for an example, when, when I was having my identity crisis, it was because I was too busy listening to the lies of the enemy. So being able to acknowledge and, and know and point out what is true and what isn't by filtering it through scripture and, wh- and what God says about you is so key to actually seeing what your identity in Christ is. But there's this specific verse that really like completely blew my mind. I've read it a thousand times, but in this instance, when I read it, it, it broke me in such a good way. So it's, um, if I'm not mistaken, it's 2nd second, second or 1st Corinthians. Hold on. I'm going to search it because I don't want to butcher it.
0: Go ahead. Because I can't help you right now because my phone is currently the camera.
1: <laughs> You're good. <laughs> so. Yes. So it's actually 1st Corinthians 6, 17. And it says, but he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Sounds simple, right? But this took me out so much because if... I am becoming one with the Lord and I am becoming one spirit with the Lord. It made me think of like a blood transfusion. Hmm. Like there is this dirty blood that is no good. It's basically like filled with toxins coming out through one side and it's being filtered through this new fresh blood that will actually just bring life to all of your organs. So that's the way that I broke it down in my head of now I am, my spirit is joined with God. That means it is his blood running through my veins. That means it is now his DNA Come on. running through me. So now I am made up of the righteousness of God. That is what my identity is. So like, that's why it took me out because of the fact that it just being joined to the Lord, thinking of even like when a married couple is joined together in covenant, it's, there's a, there's a huge intimacy, like even a married couple kind of like, they start to, to have similar characteristics, even during the time that they're like longer periods of time Mm -hmm. of marriage, they start to like have the same kind of characteristics. So being joined with the Lord, like you literally start to become more like Jesus because you are so intertwined with him. So I just find so much beauty in the fact that you can definitely not can definitely, you, you definitely have to find your identity in Christ through Scripture. That is the only way that it's going to work. I literally tried self-help books,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, talking to people, getting people's opinion, trying to, trying to get affirmed by people. I feel you. That one, that one was my biggest, my biggest fault, and it and it still is. It's something that the Lord is definitely chipping away from me because the moment that you seek affirmment from other people— Whatever you seek affirmment from is what you're making your idol, in a sense, without you even realizing it. Because you're looking for something to satisfy you. You're looking for their words to satisfy you, to fill a void within you. But if you're secure in who you are in Christ and who the Lord says you are, you don't need anybody else to back it up at all. Like I literally think of even Jesus during his time, during his ministry, the main thing that the enemy came for before, before Jesus was set out to, to go do his ministry, when he was in the desert, when you look at the way that the enemy um, taunted him, he was coming for his identity because he said, if you really are the son of
2: God, mm-hmm.
1: the enemy is always going to come for who you are in Christ. He's going to make you doubt whether you actually are loved by God, whether you actually are justified, whether you actually have been forgiven. And if you are not deeply rooted in the word and you don't understand how to filter it through the truth, then you're going to so easily fall into that trap. I fell into that trap so many times. I'm just now getting out. I'm just now getting out because of the fact that I decided I'm going to be intentional about... Finding what it is that the Lord is saying. Right. Because then you're able to know which thoughts are from God and which thoughts are not because God sounds like what he wrote.
0: Because he's what he wrote. Literally. It's him. Yeah. I think that was probably, to to your point, was the most freeing thing about my walk. Mm -hmm. When I finally became comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. Because then all the people who were supposed to be in my life, they started showing up. Because it was, this is who I really am. I wasn't trying to be who everyone else thought I should be.
2: Yeah.
0: And I wasn't seeking their validation. Yeah. That was the most, that was probably, that's the, that was, when that happened, it's totally different. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Like the, the weight, like I could feel it just came off. Mm -hmm. I was like, I have fun just being me.
1: Yeah.
0: I have, I have fun just being. That's serious in that moment because I'm teaching and that's silly in that moment because that's just who I am.
2: Yeah.
0: And then the people who are supposed to be there, they come and the ones that don't, I hope that, that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's okay. Yeah. You're, you're not going to be liked by everybody and we, and everyone isn't going to encourage and support every single thing you do. That's an unrealistic expectation. Yep. That's how you lose yourself. When you try to please everybody.
1: It is literally a trap from the enemy. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Literally. It's funny because also, I don't know how many times Paul says this, but I know that he says this in Galatians of, there's this one specific verse in which he says, and I'm paraphrasing, but he says, am I pleasing man or am I pleasing God? Hmm. If I was pleasing man, then I wouldn't be a servant of God. And that, that, la- that last part of if I was pleasing man, I wouldn't be a servant of God lets you know that you cannot possibly be able to fully walk with the Lord and trying to find affirmation from people at the same time. You are serving two different gods in that point.
0: That brings me to the final segment of the show, which is our Let Him Know segment. So this is where you can share because you share so many nuggets already. I'm taking notes. I'm going to run this episode back and listen to it. This is our let them know segment. You can share anything you liked with the audience. Glory, please let them know.
1: I'm probably going to repeat myself. It's okay. Just because I feel like it is the most important thing. But if you are someone who is like trying to find, find out what their purpose is, find out. If, they're, if they are good enough, if they are worth anything, try to dig into scripture. I promise you it will not fail you at all. Because once you start digging into scripture, there's something that happens. It starts to transform your heart and it starts to literally show you God's heart and God's characteristics and his attributes and what he actually desires for us and who he actually sees us as. So... Filter everything through scripture. Fall in love with the word. It is it is the greatest lifesaver and it is the main thing that will always bring you back. You're never too far gone. Like ever.
0: <laughs> Book it.
1: You gotta put that like ever. <laughs> <laughs>
0: dot dot dot. We'll talk to Joey. Joey. We'll add that. We'll add that in. We'll add that into the graphics. <laughs> I got one more thing, mm-hmm. if you wouldn't mind doing it. Can you pray us out, please, before we get ready to head out?
1: Yes, sir. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you so much for this moment that we were able to talk about you, talk about the amazing things that you have done in our lives, talk about the amazing ways that you show up. Lord, we pray that anybody that may have listened to this podcast or may be listening right now, dear God, we pray that you may be the one that is speaking to them. God, let none of this be about me. Let none of this be about Eric, but let this all be about you and the power of your word, the power of your spirit, because you are the only one that can actually change a soul. You are the only one that can actually transform hearts, and you are the only one that can actually bring salvation to us, Lord. So I pray that whoever is listening right now, Lord, that you may be the one to just completely transform their hearts, Father, that you may be the one to visit them with your presence, Lord. Allow them to feel you hugging them right now in this moment, God. And I just pray for Eric and and this ministry, Lord, that you may be the one to bless it. Just continue to use him in such a powerful and mighty way, Lord. And if there's anyone that is listening that doesn't know you or that this is the first time that they hear about you, God, that you may be the one to open up their hearts so that they may be able to receive Jesus Christ as their one and only Savior, Father. I thank you for what you are doing and what you are going to continue to do and for the testimonies that are going to come out of this. I pray for all these things in Jesus' name,
0: amen. Father, I just thank you for this time tonight just to glorify you, just to lift you up, Lord. I thank you for all the reminders that this is about you and not about us. I thank you that you saw fit to just send your son to save our souls lord i thank you for everything you're doing in us and through us lord i thank you for just the the discipline that you've just given glory to just continue to just seek first the kingdom of god i pray that she continues to run hard after you and not grow weary i pray she continues to not grow weary in doing good lord i thank you for just the testimony that her life is going to continue to be to so many people that she comes in contact with father i thank you for her yes i thank you for her obedience lord Lord, I pray that whoever hears this uh, this episode, Father, that they just draw nearer to you. And I pray they run harder after you than they ever have before. I pray they seek you in ways they never have before. I pray that you speak to them in ways that you never have before, Father. And we know that you're always speaking. So I pray they hear you in ways, Lord, they never have before, Father. I just I just thank you for everything that you're going to do through this ministry, Lord. This isn't about us. I pray that you are glorified today and every day. I pray that when people see us, that they see you. We just pray and ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sister, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Brother, thank you. I appreciate it. We will be doing this again. Maybe next week. (laughs) I have openings. (laughs) Okay.
1: That's surprising. Not going to lie. I've
0: been slipping. I've been slipping. Thank you so much for doing the show today. I appreciate it. I look forward to having you back on in the future. I bet. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, sister. I appreciate it.